by making up for lost time. I still say I could have sat in the front seat. Ah, sorry, McLean. I had to go in the front seat. It's a valuable souvenir. It's a piece of art. It's a wonder of nature. It's got a right shotgun so I can keep an eye on it and make sure it doesn't get damaged. Jake, it's a moose head. Yeah, exactly. A genuine, authentic, mounted moose head from the woods of Maine. What was once a noble, regal giant is now a piece of decoration that will remind us of the true beauty and splendor of nature every time we look at it. It's missing an eye. Uh, yeah, that's why the antique shop gave me a discount. Anyway, uh, the point is it's a very valuable item, so we can't have it rolling around in the back seat. Oh, but we can have me rolling around in the back seat. You can drive for a while later on if you want, but uh, for now we got to focus because we're looking for maple trees. Right. Say, just how exactly are we supposed to tell which maple trees we'll make for the best syrup? Uh, I think you got to look for the thickest ones. The thickest ones? Yeah, they're, they're the ones filled with the most sap. All these trees look pretty thick to me, at least from the road. Now here, I'll pull over and we can uh, look for trees on foot. Yeah. Hello folks, uh, welcome to Yesterday Today, the show that brings you the best yesterday's radio today. We're wrapping up our great American road trip. Uh, we're getting ready to head home, but not before we get ourselves some authentic handmade maple syrup. We're driving through the woods of Vermont right now. We're on the hunt for some promising maple trees. So, based solely off the pictures I've seen online, you attach this bucket contraption to the tree and it just oozes in? Well, as far as I can tell, that's exactly how it works, yeah. Interesting. I sort of expected to put like a, like a spigot into the tree and have the syrup just come out of that. You mean, you thought you could just put a spout in the tree and have maple syrup come out like a soda fountain? No, I... Actually, no, yeah, that is exactly how I pictured it. Nah, it's a time-consuming process, McLean. It's one that requires patience, but it gives you a greater sense of the appreciation for nature and the gift to fall. I mean, look around you. It's still September, yeah, but already the Vermont foliage is slowly turning from green into colorful hues of orange, red, and brown. Look at those trees. It's, it's great. The sky is as clear as a bell, and there's a faint crispness in the air. This is perfect sap-tapping weather, McLean. Give me the bucket and let's go. Here you are, Mrs. Butterworth. Thank you, Aunt Jemima. While we're hunting down maple trees, we're going to play this episode of Fibber McGee and Molly, in which Fibber also attempts to procure some maple syrup. So enjoy. The squire of 79 Wistful Vista is strictly a guy who likes three good meals, particularly for breakfast. <laughs> Get a load of him getting a load of calories as we meet Fibber McGee and Molly. Oh, McGee, you're marvelous. I am? How? The amount you eat for the amount of work you do. What you mean? <laughs> it's like stoking a steel mill to make a button hook. <laughs> well, gee whiz, a guy with as much energy as I got has to... Pass the butter, will you? Thanks. Has to build up his energy. Go a little easy on that butter, dearie. I'm trying to, but it tastes awful good on wheat cakes. Yes, it has its points. <laughs> Twenty a pound, to be exact. <sighs> Boy, am I full. Any more wheat cakes? Let me look. There's about six more, dearie. You want them? Oh, might as well finish them up. Ah, much obliged. Now for the... Hey, get some more syrup, will you? I'm sorry, McGee. That was the last of the maple syrup. But I'll have Beulah bring you some honey, huh? Honey? On wheat cakes? What do you think I am? A peasant? <laughs> How about some jelly or jam? My gosh, no. 
What's the idea of running out of maple syrup right while the guy's in the middle of breakfast? Wheat cakes without maple syrup. Now, now, relax, McGee. I'll catch the first plane to Vermont and roll a barrel of it home for you. <laughs> Why go to Vermont? What's Vermont got that we haven't got? Maple syrup. And where does maple syrup come from? The grocery store. From maple trees, that's where it comes from. And what have we got standing right out there in the front yard? Oh, that man from the finance company? <laughs> no, sir, a maple tree. That's what we got standing right out there in the front yard. And why we've been paying out our good dough for maple syrup all these years with a tree practically dripping with it out in the front yard, I'll never know. Do I understand you're an expert on maple trees, too? And why not? My Uncle Sycamore had one of the biggest maple tree orchards in New England. <laughs> Whereabouts in New England? Just west of Columbus, Ohio. <laughs> I'll never forget one maple tree he had that was right by my bedroom window. It'd been plugged for syrup in so many places, it looked like a king-size piccolo. <laughs> well. I remember how I used to lie there, in bed, when the wind was blowing, and hear that tree softly play in the old oaken bucket. <laughs> Oh, now, look, McGee, I don't like to be a killjoy, but I seem to remember that maple trees are tapped in February or March. And that's the trouble with the whole maple syrup industry. What do you mean? Then dummies all throw their syrup on the market at the same time. <laughs> Flood the market all winter, and when summer comes, you can't buy it for love or money. Well, I wouldn't know. I've only tried money. <laughs> Let's see. What'll I need to tap that tree? I'll need a bracing bit. A three-inch bit ought to be big enough to make a big enough hole. Three inches? Yeah. What are you going to do, crawl into the tree and dip it out? <laughs> you don't understand the principle of the siphon, kiddo. You've got to permit the passage of air around the aperture, oh? thus permitting the gravitation to equalize the osmosis of the hydration. Otherwise, it creates a vacuum and inhibits the capillary attraction. <laughs> Heavenly days. Where'd you learn all that? My gosh, I took biological chemistry for two years. <laughs> Well, I got thrown out of the class. What for? I couldn't spell biological chemistry. <laughs> Seriously, McGee, are you really going to tap that tree of ours? Baby, that tree is ready. Now, that thing is so crammed with sap, it'll be like sticking a fork into a ripe grapefruit. <laughs> How much do you get out of one tree? Oh, that's a ridiculous question. How much oil do you get out of an oil well? It just keeps flowing, that's all. Well, I'd rather have a maple tree than an oil well. It's much prettier in the autumn. Maybe we better ask Beulah how we're fixed for containers. You know, glass jars and jugs and stuff. Yeah, oh, step on the buzzer, will you? I'm afraid to. Why? Well, because since you rewired it, every time I step on the buzzer, the electric heater in the bathroom burns out. <laughs> the front porch light goes on and the phonograph starts up. Well, must be some shorts in it, if you'll pardon the expression. <clears throat> well, I'll call her. Hey, Beulah! Oh, Beulah! Somebody ball for Beulah? <laughs> Mr. McGee is going to tap that tree out in front for maple syrup, Beulah. Who's going to tap the witch for what? <laughs> I'm going to tap that maple tree out in front, Beulah. Going to make our own maple syrup. Well, for goodness sakes, is that where that stuff come from? <laughs> That's right, Beulah. According to Mr. McGee, all you do is poke a hole in the tree and out it squirts. <laughs> Getting it from the grocery store is even easier, ma'am. Huh? Yeah, you just call up and they send a little squirt over with it. What I wanted to know, Beulah, is have we got enough containers to handle a few hundred gallons of syrup? A few hundred gallons? Oh, sure. Mm -hmm. 
That little old tree must be just a pile of juice with bark around it. Oh, he's an authority on maple trees, Beulah, he says. His uncle was in the business. Yeah, used to watch him do it every spring, Beulah, when I was a kid. We had a skating pond right near the woods and used to watch him while we skated. I used to be quite a skater, too. People used to just stand and watch me as I glid from one side of the pond to the other. As you what, sir? Glid. You mean uh, glided. I do not. You don't say I slided down a hill on my sled, do you? No, sir, that's slewed. <laughs> no, no, Beulah, it's slid. When I was a little gal, I rid on a sled all winter. You mean road, Beulah. Okay, so I glowed across the ice. <laughs> anyway, that's how I learned to tap maple trees. How do we, what have we got to catch the stuff in, Beulah? Well, you can use that old wash bottle in the basement. Fine, fine. Yeah, and we got a couple of big lard cans in the back room. Great, great. <laughs> and we got a lot of mason jars, Beulah? Yes, ma'am, but I didn't want to mention them on account of Mr. McKee not being a member. <laughs> well, we, we won't tell the masons anything about it, Beulah. <laughs> I'll just put the stuff into the jars surreptitiously. Go put it in the jars surreptitiously. Look what the man did. That man. <laughs> hey, Molly, I wonder where I can get a few barrels. A few barrels of what? Empty barrels to store the maple syrup in. Hand me the classified directory, will you? Here you are. Thanks. Ah, let's see, barrels, barrels. The barrel of fun dance hall, 20 beautiful hostesses. Yeah. <laughs> Ten ugly bouncers. It's Benny's Barrel House. Food and drink for man and beast. Try not to act like a beast. Maybe you can find something under Hogshead or Keg. Oh, no, here it is. Wistful Vista Barrel Company. Barrels made from seasoned oak staves and rustless iron hoops, my dear. <laughs> oh, that's the one. Hand me the phone. Here. Thanks. Hello, operator. Give me the Wistful Vista Barrel Come, Come, come. Is that you, Mert? Oh, dear. <laughs> How's every little thing, Mert? His, eh? What's say, Mert? Your grandfather. Been hollering his head off all week because somebody stepped on his corn, eh? Well, I don't blame him, Mert. Well, that's a lot of fuss to make just because somebody steps on your corn. He not only stepped on it, he spilled it all over the basement. <laughs> what say, Mert? Oh, no answer, eh? Well, thanks anyhow, Mert. No luck? No. But I can get Joe's Tavern to send me over a few empty barrels. That'll be lovely. We'll have maple syrup with a slight tang of stale beer. Well, I got to get to work. Now, let's see. Here's my brace and bit and a funnel. I'll have Joe send me over a spigot, too. That's a great idea. Then every time we have wheat cakes, Beulah can run out to the backyard and draw a quart of maple syrup. <laughs> Certainly. Remind me to send five pounds of maple sugar to Aunt Sarah, too. She can't eat maple sugar. Huh? Hurts her teeth. Oh. Well, then remind me to send her 15 pounds. She's got three teeth. <laughs> well, come on, Maya. Let's get started on things. Hello, Alice. Hello, Mrs. McGee. Hiya, Pop. Doggone it, Alice. Quit calling me Pop. By George, I've never raised my hand against a woman unless it was necessary. Now, now, McGee, when did you ever find it necessary to raise your hand to a woman? Why, all the time when I was in the third and fourth grades. <laughs> <laughs> Only way I could get out of the room for a quick chew of bubble gum. <laughs> what was it you wanted, Alice? Uh, look, did anybody call on the phone for me? Paul called, Alice. Gee, did he? What did he say? What did he say, Molly? Search me, dear. You took the message in your own unique manner. See, I wrote it down on something. Let's see, I got it here someplace yeah. in my pocket. Huh? Oh, here's my draft card from the last war. 
Oh, here's a postcard from Fred Nittany from Starved Rock, Illinois. He's the guy that he and I used to have a vaudeville act together, Alice. Oh, what's vaudeville? Oh. <laughs> vaudeville, my dear, was a form of entertainment where the same people use the same jokes for 15 or 20 years. <laughs> oh, just like on the radio. <laughs> What did Mr. Nittany say, Mr. McGee? He says, Dear old pal Fib, trying out for star part in Oklahoma. Wish me luck. Signed, Fred. Creepers, a star part in Oklahoma. Isn't that super? What's that postscript theory? Huh? Oh, it says, P.S. Don't get me wrong. I'm running for sheriff in Tulsa. Ha, ha. <laughs> That's very funny, but where's the message you wrote down when Paul called? Well, I don't know. I just swore I had it here. Oh, here it is. Well, what does it say, Mr. McGee? What does it say? It says, Paul called. <laughs> <laughs> well, Creepers, didn't he say what it was about? I seem to remember he did, but it sort of slipped my mind. Giving you a message, dear, is like sending a carrier pigeon home with an anvil. Did you have a date with Paul, Alice? Well, tentatively, yes. I told Paul I'd go to the hockey game with him if I didn't go horseback riding with Goofer Harpstrite. Is Harpstrite that lieutenant commander, Alice? No, dearie. Mr. Harpstrite is a supply sergeant in the Army. No kidding. Imagine that. I was a supply sergeant in the last war. <clears throat> I was in charge of the officer's mess, if you'll pardon the expression. <laughs> well, if Paul calls again, will you... What are you going to do with all the tools, Mr. McGee? He's going to make like Dr. Davy and tap a tree for waffle gravy. <laughs> Stick around, Alice, and see how an expert sugar man milks a maple. <laughs> <laughs> I'd love to, Pop. When are you going to do it? Right now, Alice. According to him, that tree is so bursting with maple syrup. Why, the squirrels are bearing wheat cakes this fall. Okay. okay, scoff if you want it. Be right, but by George Jules. Hello, folks. I hope I'm intruding. Hello, Mr. Wilcox. Hi, Waxy. Alice, you know Waxy Wilcox, don't you? Oh, yes. Hello, Mr. Wilcox. Hello, Alice. You still working at the airplane plant? Yes, I am. And you know what? No, what? Well, one of the fellows that works at the next bench to mine named Morris Mendelssohn has dedicated a song to me that he just wrote. Oh, isn't that nice. What's the name of it? Mendelssohn's Welding March. <laughs> Is it copyrighted, Alice? Well, it's righted, but I don't know if it's copy. Look, kids, this is all very cozy, but i got to get to work. Will you join us? Mr. Wilcox himself here is about to desap a maple tree. He's about to what? I'm going to tap that maple tree out in front for maple syrup, Junior. And if you have any comical remarks to make, just write them down so you can see how silly they'll look later on. Well, I don't see anything funny about it. I think it's a wonderful idea. Why, so do I. You know what a maple tree always makes me think of? Yes, we do, Mr. Wilcox. It makes you think if it was cut down and made into floors and furniture, how beautiful and smart it would look if Johnson's... Oh, no, no, no. It makes me think of the National War Fund. It what? It makes me think of the National War Fund. The way it has its roots planted so firmly in good American soil. The way its hundreds of branches spread out like protecting arms. Gee, if he wasn't married, I could reach for him. <laughs> what has the National... Uh... Mr. Wilcox, what has the National War Fund got to do with our maple tree? Well, it just reminded me of it because the National War Fund is right in your front yard, too, in a way. Giving generously to charity is as typically American as a maple tree. And now, uh, what was this about maple syrup? I'm going to tap that tree out in front, Junior. Want to stick around and see how it's done? We'll need all the help we can get, Mr. Wilcox. If it doesn't start flowing, we may have to squeeze the tree. <laughs> oh, that's ridiculous, Molly. Gee whiz, the minute you bore a hole... Alice, stop staring at Mr. Wilcox. Hmm? Oh, I, excuse me. I didn't realize I was staring. I was just thinking what a big, handsome, uh, 
what a beautiful, uh, I mean, those strong, sturdy limbs, and uh, gee, I think I'll go out and look at that maple tree again. <laughs> well, it's a good thing you're safely married, Mr. Wilcox. I think you've made a conquest. Not that you haven't, uh, you wouldn't have lots of competition. She's a very popular kid, isn't she? Popular? Just sit by our telephone some evening, Junior, if you want to know for whom the bell tolls. <laughs> <laughs> Look, McGee, if you're just going to stand around with that brace and bit in your hand... Oh, my gosh, I almost forgot. Come on, Junior. You're going to see as artistic a job of maple syrup production as you ever... Uh, come in. Oh, hello, Dr. Gamble. Hello, Molly. Hello, Harlow. Hi, Doc. And how are you today, dreamboat? <laughs> We're all fine, strange to say, considering the spectacular incompetence of our family physician. And if you think I mean anything personal, you're darn right. <laughs> Won't you sit down, Doctor? No, thanks, Molly. I've got a maternity case waiting for me at the hospital. Mm. Serviceman's wife. Mm. She hasn't got much money, so I give her a little extra attention. Say, what do you do, Doc? Overcharge your rich patients so you can go easy on the unlucky ones? Certainly. Robin Hood with a stethoscope. That's me. <laughs> a germicidal Jesse James. Billy the Kid with a kidney pill. <laughs> I can make one wealthy hypochondriac pay for ten cases of mumps on the other side of town. Is that ethical, Doctor? It is if you tell them what you're doing, and I do. I say, look, Mr. So-and-so, I'm going to take out your appendix, but you're going to pay through the nose. <laughs> a fair charge for my services on this case would be 40 bucks, but I'm charging you 100 because I know a boy with a broken arm who can't afford to pay for his x-rays. They pay it and think I'm wonderful. And I am. <laughs> You great, big, benevolent burglar. Hmm? <laughs> I'll bet you stash away about 40% of that dough you chisel out of the upper crust. If I thought you really thought that, you minor accumulation of fatty tissue, I'd slap your lower maxillary so far down into your thorax it would take a laparotomy to extract your incisors. <laughs> Who's a fatty tissue? <laughs> you big oxygen tent. You couldn't slap your way out of a wet newspaper. Oh, yeah? You got about as much... Hey, 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 wait a minute, pal. <laughs> Say, Doc, do you want to watch an interesting operation? I'd love to, my boy. Who's operating on whom for what? Fibber's going to perform a saparotomy on that tree out in front. <laughs> He's going to tap it for maple syrup, Doctor. Isn't that clever of him? This brace and bit is for the incision, Doc. <laughs> uh -huh. Keep an eye on me and you'll see a technique you couldn't have learned in that Cowtown College, college you bluffed your way through. <laughs> ah, this I shall have to see. Maybe he'll give you a few pounds of maple sugar, Doc. <laughs> I'm sure he will, Mr. Wilcox. <laughs> Wonderful. To think that I should see the day when I'd act as consultant to an amateur tree surgeon. <laughs> well, the doctor seems amused. Yeah, he's just feeling superior on account of this brace and bit. Superior about what? Because I'm about to bore my first patient, and you've bored thousands of them. What? God! <laughs> Here are the King's Men to sing the trolley song. Ding, ding, bang, bang, thump, 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 there's please. All aboard. She was pretty in her high-top shoes and her hair piled high upon her head. She went to lose a jolly hour on the trolley, but she lost her heart instead. 
with his light brown derby and his bright green tie, he was quite the handsomest of men. Well, he looked at her and she looked at him, then they both looked again. Clang, clang, clang went the trolley. Ding, ding, ding went the bell. Zing, zing, zing went the heartstrings. From the moment he saw her, he fell. Chug, 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 went the motor, 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 bing, bang, squeak, went the brake. Thump, 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 went the heartstrings. When she smiled, he could feel the car shake. He tipped his hat and took a seat. He said he hoped he hadn't stepped upon her feet. She dropped her eyes, the blushes came. Then he grew bolder and asked her to beat the band he undertook to hold her dainty little hand the day was bright the air was sweet that little trolley simply shook them off their feet buzz 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 went the buzzer zoom went the door with a bang step by step they descended from the trolley with the clang 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 at the Parsons, they were wedded for a honeymoon. They're headed on the trolley with the bump, rattle, buzz, jiggle, boom, zing, ding, 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 clang, 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 Well, say, I hope he doesn't damage this tree. After the years I've spent telling people how to preserve and protect things made of wood. Oh, creepers, I hope he doesn't hurt it either. He seems to be awfully confident. It's a beautiful shade tree, Molly. It'd be a shame to hurt okay, it. Okay, everybody, about ready to start. What was you saying, Doc? I was saying it would be a shame to damage this beautiful shade tree, McGee. If I lived here, I'd be sitting under it all day. Ah, <laughs> you'd never take the time, Doc. You're always in such a big bustle, if you'll pardon the expression. <laughs> hey, look, get going, will you, pal? I've still got a lot of Johnson's Wax to sell today. From today on, Junior, you can give maple sugar for premiums. <laughs> <laughs> What's so funny about that? Oh, come on, McGee, let's have some action Okay, here. now look, everybody. You, Alice, and Doc, and Harlow, and Molly, and me. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, you may be watching the birth of a new industry in Wistful Vista. I may be laying the cornerstone of a great fortune here. Might corner the maple sugar market in the whole state. Therefore, it behooves Can't us all... Can't you poke a hole in a tree without making a speech? <laughs> I'm afraid you don't appreciate the importance of this occasion, Doctor. After all, the world owes all its progress to the ingenuity of individuals. Original thinkers, like me. Oh, thank you, Alice. <clears throat> I'm glad there's one person who realizes the significance of this occasion. Oh, I was just laughing at a mosquito, Mr. McGee. <laughs> <laughs> to conclude my remarks, folks, I want you all to keep this occasion strictly confidential. I don't want anybody else in town to know I'm tapping this tree for maple syrup. Well, I don't think it'll leak out, pal. <laughs> you don't think what will leak out? The information. Huh? Oh, uh -huh. I thought you meant the... Well, hand me the brace and bit, Molly. Here you are, sir. Do you give the tree an anesthetic? He just gave it a lot of gas in that speech. Creepers, <laughs> <laughs> Mr. McGee, I wish you'd get started. I'm all excited. Okay. Here she goes. <clears throat> Must be a dull bit. You ought to know. Been doing dull bits for ten years. <laughs> you know, it wouldn't seem so dull, McGee, if you were turning it to the right instead of the left. Huh? Oh, yes. <laughs> Well, here we go again. Better stand back, everybody. 
Might come gushing out and get you all over syrup. After all, we don't... Oh, everything, Miss McGee. Wait a minute. Yeah, that wash tub you wanted to cast the syrup in. Oh. Uh, gee, much obliged, Viola. I'd forgotten about that. <laughs> My gosh, we might have had the front yard hip deep in maple syrup. <laughs> <laughs> yes, sir. You, you sure look professional with that old bracing bit, Mr. McGee. <laughs> A lager with an auger. <laughs> okay, now, everybody, out of the way. Stand back. I'm just about to hit the sack. Ah, there she blows. Look at it, spurt out. <laughs> Reminds me of Niagara Falls. It's so different. Gushes out like a banker's tears. <laughs> Good thing you like wheat cakes, McGee. By the time you get enough syrup for them, you'll be too old to eat a steak. <laughs> just doesn't want to come out while we're watching it. Being bashful is one thing that makes a sap a sap. I always say. <laughs> Doggone it now. Give it a chance. Give it a chance. There. Well, that's four drops in five minutes. We ought to have a small pitcher pulled by August of 1947. How does it taste, McGee? Yeah, try it, pal. <laughs> okay, wise guys, I will. Hmm. Hmm, it's not bad. All it needs is a little sugar. <laughs> What's the matter with you guys, anyway? You've done nothing but snare and snicker behind my back all afternoon. You think you could do better? Not with that maple tree, pal. And what's the matter with this maple tree? Just one little thing, bright eyes. And what's that, doctor? It isn't a maple tree. It's an elm. An elm? An elm? An elm? An elm? Making like a tree sturgeon when he don't even know the difference. Beulah, <laughs> ma'am. Beulah, what on earth are you mumbling about? Oh, just think, ma'am. Imagine getting maple syrup out of old elm. <laughs> Mister McGee, what are you going to think of next? Well, who cares? I got a week to do it in. <laughs> Good night, all. Jake, are we sure these are maple trees? What do you mean? Of course, the maple trees. What are you talking about? Well, we've had these buckets attached to the maple trees for a while, and so far we've got nothing. I already told you, you gotta be patient. Yeah, but I expected at least something to happen by now. Are we even doing this right? It's not like milking a cow, McLean. It's a painstaking process. It might take hours to get sap out of these trees. Hours? What are we supposed to do for hours? What do you mean, what do we do? We're in the beautiful autumn countryside. Look around, take a walk, find a babbling stream to rest near. Go find an orchard and enjoy the first crop of the season. What if we tried shaking the trees? Would that loosen the sap in them? Ah, these trees are older than our grandpa. You're not going to shake anything. They're too thick for that. How about we try talking to the trees? Talking to the trees? Sure, they say talking to houseplants helps them grow. Maybe all these maples need to work up a little sap is some positive encouragement. What do you say to encourage a tree? I don't know. Talk more about how much you like its colorful leaves. Or compliment its bark. Something like that. Well, uh... <clears throat> I mean, it does have nice bark. It, uh... 
Doesn't look like there's any scars on it or any... I'm not talking to a tree to make a produce Hey, I'm just trying to help. It might have worked. You don't know. There's no shortcuts to authentic Vermont maple syrup. We just gotta wait. Patiently. And while we wait, we can get to the second half of this week's show. Have an episode of Barry Craig, Confidential Investigator, in which Mr. Craig takes a Vermont vacation. Maybe we could try kicking the tree. The National Broadcasting Company presents William Gargan in another transcribed drama of mystery and adventure with America's number one detective, Barry Craig, Confidential Investigator. Barry Craig speaking. Even confidential investigators need a vacation. Sometimes they've been known to take one. The place I'd chosen was Vermont. The main reason for that was Jake. He was on vacation too. He decided to come home and see if he'd been smart in abandoning Vermont to run an elevator on Madison Avenue. Say, Jake. Uh, yeah? What's the verdict? Madison Avenue. Why? Is Madison Avenue dark and quiet like this? Nope. Is Madison Avenue surrounded by tall trees, cooled by gentle breezes, filled with the fragrance of unspoiled nature? Nope. Now, what's Madison Avenue got that this place hasn't? Girls. Well, you may be right, but... Or you may be wrong. That came from directly up the road. Nice night for a hayride. Is it? Yep. Could have been a giggle. Mm, a rather loud giggle. Girls got very loud giggles sometimes, especially but... on a hayride. Oh, Jake, stop pulling my leg. Hey, wait a minute. What's that in the road up ahead of us? Hay wagon. I refuse to believe it, but it is filled with hay. Usually are. There's a horse out in front of it, but where's the driver? Say, Jake, would, would he have gone off and left the wagon out in the middle of the road? It ain't too likely. Oh, I'm coming up on that wagon. That girl, if it was a girl, didn't giggle. She screamed. I'd better take a look around in the hay. What for? Anything larger than a needle. Yeah, there's plenty of hay up here. Anything else? No, I... Mr. Craig? I was rushing things. There is something else up here. What? A man. A very pale man. What's he doing up there? Nothing. Just being dead. He lay very still. His eyes stared up at the sky overhead, but saw neither the stars nor the moon. The moon that shone on him and on the metal handle of the knife that was buried in his heart. He was wearing overalls and a work shirt. His short hair outlined clearly the skull beneath. There was nothing I nor anyone could do for him. Murdered? Yes. Anything on him? No that... identification at all, Jake. We need a phone. Hmm, past farmhouse, half mile back. Well, let's go. Think it's all right leaving him there? He won't mind. The Vermont night was as quiet and peaceful as it had been before I heard the scream and a man died of a knife wound lying on a mound of hay. Nature doesn't concern herself too much about us and our doings. 
which is very bright of nature. Got to turn off the road to get to that farmhouse. Yeah. Well, somebody ought to oil that gate. Yeah. Whole house is pretty run down. Jake, get down. Ain't necessary. Those shots. Over our heads. Her aim might improve. Her aim? Well, you can see her. Farmhouse window. This time, it's not the farmer with the shotgun. It's the farmer's daughter. Spoil a lot of stories that way. She's left the window. Yeah. She knows she didn't hit either of us. Those shots were either a warning or possibly a yell for help. How are you going to decide? Well, if it was a warning, I don't think she'd have left the window. So it must be a call for help. Come on. That was real logical, Mr. Craig. Thanks. Let's hope it turns out to be true. There were no more shots, which did or didn't prove I'd been right, because the shooting would be better once we were inside the house. I ever heard of targets knocking on the door. The lady may have had all the target shooting she wants. Who's there? Barry Craig and Jake. Hello? Barry Craig? Yeah. And Jake? Me. Neither of you look very terrifying. Is that bad? Well, no, it's nice. Please come in. Thanks. Please, make yourselves comfortable. Nice room. Rustic, perhaps, but I like it. Do you like being a farmer? Or, or maybe I should say... A farmer's uh, daughter. <laughs> Very much. Almost as much as you like firing guns at strangers? Oh, but I didn't know whether you were strangers or... Or what? Or dead men. Maybe she was what she claimed to be, a farmer's daughter, but if she was, somebody's been telling me lies about farms. Her hairdo was sleek, as though it had been just applied. Her fingernails had had a lot of professional attention. Her dress was so simple, it practically yelled Paris at you. And she didn't need any of these beauty aids. She would have been beautiful without them, but not nearly so expensive. You did say dead men. Yes. You often run across dead men walking around? Yes. Uh-huh. You think I'm crazy, don't you? I don't think you're crazy at all. You've just got uh, a peculiar vision. I'm not sure I ought to be grateful for that. Oh, forget I said it. My name is Millie George. How do you do? This is, or was, my father's farm. He was very happy here until the dead men started walking. And then? He became one of them himself. Your father's dead? Over a year now. You live here alone? Oh, I don't really live here at all. I have an apartment and a job in town. But I come here often, as often as I dare. My fingers idly traced a pattern in the inch-deep dust on the table next to my chair. Inch-deep dust. Millie George was very lovely. She told her ghost story neatly, but she was also a complete liar. I think maybe we'd better skip the walking dead for a minute. There's something more urgent that's got to be done. Where's your phone? I'm afraid there isn't one. 
father never cared for what he called mechanical murderers. Murderers? He meant things that killed time, interrupted work. I see. Destroyed quiet. I see. That's too bad. Why do you need a phone? Jake and I ran across a hay wagon some distance down the road. Oh? There was a man in it. He wasn't walking around like the people you've been telling us about. He was lying down, but he was dead anyway. If I'd been looking for a reaction to my words, I would have been disappointed. Lily George took the news with not a flicker of anything except polite interest. But I wasn't disappointed. I'd expected that reaction. The police like to be told about stray corpses. I suppose so. I think the gardeners have a phone. Where would I find them? Well, their house is about a quarter of a mile further down the road. Oh, good. Jake. Ready. Oh, by the way, this man, what did he die of? A knife in his heart. Oh, suicide? The angle of the knife's entrance wouldn't be right for suicide. Oh, then it was... Murder. How dreadful. Yes, terribly dreadful. So long. So far as Millie George was concerned, murder belonged in pretty much the same category as a run in a pair of new nylons. You said how dreadful and bought another pair. You couldn't do exactly the same thing with a damaged life, though. Mr. Craig. Yeah? Millie George said the gardener's house, the one with the phone, was down the road that way. That's what she said, Jake. Then why are we going this way? I want to take another look at that hay wagon. Once wasn't enough? I think maybe there's been a change. Less hay? Less corpse. It was a nice road to be taking a stroll on in the cool evening. It would have been an even nicer road if there hadn't been a hay wagon in the middle of it. Still there. Yeah. The horse must be getting lonely. Being a farmer, you get a wrong angle on horse. You don't think being a horse's chum is romantic. I'll never say hello to a horse again. Excuse me. You'll get in pretty spry at climbing hay wagons, Mr. Craig. Just practice, that's all. Mr. Craig? Hmm? Counting the hay up there? No, just confirming a guess. Less corpse? No corpse. I'd thought back at Millie George's house that the shots might have been a warning or maybe a call for help. I knew now they'd been neither. What they actually had been were distractions. Mr. Craig, maybe... Maybe he wasn't really dead. Jake, they don't get any deader. Ain't likely you'd be fooled. Somebody moved him out of there. Yeah. Well, what for? Can't be many folks enjoy dragging corpses around. Whoever dragged this one maybe didn't enjoy it at all. Well, what was he trying to do? Save undertaker's expenses? Maybe he was trying to save his neck. I got down out of the hay wagon and said goodbye to it. We wouldn't be coming back that way. Mr. Craig. What is it, Jake? Funny thing about city people. 
They like to walk. Oh? They do it deliberate, even when they don't have to. Well, uh... Country people hate to walk. But, Jake, uh, we've got to get back to that farmhouse. With the girl in it? Yeah, Millie George. We're hoping that this time maybe she won't shoot over our heads. We're hoping that this time she won't shoot at us at all. And for this, we're wearing our feet down clear at the ankle. Oh, it's not as bad as that. It's worse. I got short ankles. Oh. Mr. Craig, I can tell you right now, she don't have a phone. I know, but by this time, she may have something else. Do I want to know what it might be? Not in your condition, you don't. Thanks. We didn't have much farther to go, which was just as well. Jake had started groaning at every step. Next to Jake's snores, Jake's groans are the surest recipe for punctured eardrums. Oh, oh you can stop groaning, Jake. Huh? We're at the house. Oh, dear, if I got strength enough to lift my head. I am uh, at the house. Think you can make it inside? Oh, dear. I can try. Fine. Jake. I, uh... It doesn't look as if anyone's going to invite us in. This don't make me feel bad. We'll go in without an invitation. Now I don't know how I feel. Find out later. Well, somebody left the lights on. Wasn't a Vermont man. Quiet. Yeah, let's try the parlor. Anything for an excuse to keep a walk in. I suppose this is the parlor. Nobody in here. It's the parlor. Hmm. I don't like this much. But the only thing left for us to do now is uh, sit out. Excuse me while I cheer. I... Well, what are you waiting for? Go ahead, Grandpa. Cheer. Company. So I notice kind of thing you're liable to run into in old houses. They come out of the woodwork, I think. Uh, uh, don't try to insult me, mister. Why not? Anything you're liable to say is liable to be true. Don't be foolish. I don't use that kind of language. You also ain't using the kind of language I would like to hear. What language would that be? The one telling me where the baby is buried? A boy or a girl, baby? Jake. Oh, that grandpa's a joker. Grandpa could easy get his head knocked off. Put the gun down, son, and Grandpa will be glad to tangle with you. I ain't putting no guns down. And when I say baby, you know what I mean. You mean uh, something worth money? Oh, you are a bright one. Okay, so where is it? Even if I knew where it was, I wouldn't tell you. Why not? You've got the wrong R.H. factor. Wrong? Well, uh, supposing I could get a hold of the right one. It wouldn't buy you the time of the day from me. Uh, language like that's gotten guys killed before this, mister. So have guns like that. Well, this is kind of fancy, but it ain't very productive. What makes you think I know anything about the, the, uh, the baby? You're in this dump, ain't you? I'm in it. So what are you doing here? Looking for a beer? It so happens I'm looking for a corpse. Well, you're going to find one. Your own. Only ain't going to be in no condition to appreciate it. Funny thing... You didn't show any interest in the corpse I'm looking for. Whose it might be, say? Uh, Mr. Corpses is dead. They don't bother me. It's the live operators you got to keep in mind. Like you and Grandpa. How about the girl? You just leave her out of this. She's for me. Oh? 
And why do you think I was called in? Hey, 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 wait, mister. You trying to tell me you was called in by... By the girl, yes. That don't smell so good. Neither do you. Let's call it a draw and go home. You were saying the girl brought you in, huh? Okay. We find out fast. Hey, sugar! Come here, sugar. This joker informs me you brought him in on the deal. That's so? No. I had a long look at the girl who'd come into the room. It was fun while it lasted. She was worth looking at. She was beautiful, non-rural, undoubtedly expensive, and she was not Millie George. Well? Call it mistaken identity. Oh. <laughs> oh, cut it out, Dina. I don't know what you think he said, but it wasn't very funny. It wasn't? It wasn't. Oh. This girl probably is on your side. She's not the one I was talking about. You, you mean there's been another babe around? Oh, honey, he must mean Joey's wife. Uh, why don't you forget you ever learned to talk, Dina? That ain't a friendly attitude. I ain't feeling friendly. Joey makes it out of the pen, ducks for cover here, and a counter here is where he buried the baby. Banks wouldn't uh, like you calling their money baby. Well, I don't like banks. So it was bank money. Thanks for telling me. Who told you? Uh, never mind. To resume, Joey gets here, and the first thing anybody knows, he winds up with a knife and a ticker. This is bad. Ain't good. Shut up. You can't say that to a Vermont man. Why not? I don't rightly remember. Well, get in touch with me when you do. What sale? Now, will you lay off? You guys trying to confuse me or something? Uh, Joey winds up with a knife and a ticker and no dough. Look, ain't you forgetting Joey's wife? Hey, yeah. If she was around here, maybe she met him even before we got here, grabbed the dough off of him, and then handed him a knife, huh? Fine wife. Nah, she never liked him so much. After she found out he was a bank operator. She was prejudiced against banks? She was prejudiced in favor of banks. A narrow-minded woman. So, I'm thinking maybe she's the one we got to get our hands on. Now, when did you see her? A little while ago. Where? Here. Well, she ain't in the house. We went all through it. If she knifed Joey and scrambled a dough, we better get after her. Brady's a scream, ain't he? Yeah, <laughs> uh, don't disturb my mental processes, huh? Uh... There wasn't no car around before, which means she must have headed for the village and railroad station. Okay, now we know where we're going. Oh, I think we do. That reminds me. What about you guys? Well, we'll hang around and play some pinochle. I've been wanting a good pinochle game. Uh, Dina, what do you think? I think you're a big dope. Oh, what kind of remark is that? Oh, you believe too easy. Joey's wife would maybe stick up Joey, but she wouldn't take the bank's money. Yeah, it could be right. Yeah, but maybe... These characters, you ought to... Don't pay any attention to her, Brady. She's a bitter woman. You shut up. You know what I say? I say get rid of them, and then we'll have lots of time to find the money. Hey, you could be right. She could also be wrong. All right, so she's wrong. What do I lose if she's wrong? Mr. Craig's life and mine? In my line of business, I can't afford to be sentimental. If you die for nothing, I shall be sorry. But not very sorry and not for very long. Okay, here. Please, Brady. Huh? Not while a lady's in the room. Oh. Excuse me, Dina. Sometimes I think you ain't got no manners. I said excuse me. 
nice, refined girl. You know, never even packs a rod. Well, Brady. Yeah? You're an idiot. Well, that could be. You think Dina's really going to wait for you? In that car outside? Well, sure. Me and her is personally very friendly. That was before the bank money came up. Why shouldn't she wait for me? And share your execution? Who's getting executed? I knock you guys off, we find a dough, we get out of here. Nobody knows who's even around. Dina gets out of here, you mean? You don't. The cops will pick you up in a few hours. Hey, you keep saying she won't wait for That's me. That's what I keep saying, because it's the truth. Would you like to test her before sticking your neck away out? What kind of test? Fire two shots into the floor. What for? I got nothing against the floor. Oh, forgive me. You haven't got brains enough to be an idiot. Fire these shots, and it'll sound to Dina as though you shot Jake and me. Then if she waits for you, fine. You can go ahead with your original plan. But if she doesn't wait, if she scrams as soon as she hears those shots... Hey, it's an idea. You know, it's even a good idea. Okay, boys, just don't get alarmed. Hey, you shouldn't have insulted Dina. She's okay. So just for insulting her, I'll kill you anyway. Shut up. Listening, Brady? Hey, Dina! Hey, Dina! Uh, a man betrayed. Craig. Craig, you was right. I feel terrible. You should. But I don't understand Dina crossing me like that. What'd she get out of it? How much money was in the bank job? Hey, uh, around 30 grand. She gets 30 grand out of it. Huh? But she... Were you and she together all evening? Well, no, but... You came down to this house? Why? Well, we figured this is where Joey's gonna head. Once we hear he has departed from the pen. But Joey don't show. Then you tell me Joey is now a corpse. Pretty plain what happened. One way or another, Joey latched onto a pair of overalls and a work shirt, plus one wagon filled with hay. He dug up the money from wherever he'd hidden it and headed for this house. But before he got here... He runs into trouble. He ran into Dina. Now it begins to clear up. And Dina takes him for the dough, huh? She takes him. Uh, I could have figured it out for myself. Yeah, all you needed was Mr. Craig's brains. Better he should have them. What would I do with them? You've got a point. And so is your head. <laughs> Please, Grandpa. <laughs> Dina does not wish to share this here dough with me, so she tries to get me to knock you guys off, then get picked up by the cops while she's traveling very fast in my car. Hey, this is revolting. It is. You know, you do very good guessing. No guessing. No? How do you know Joey was an escaped con? I mentioned the fact that he was pale and that his hair had been cut short. That was enough. Farmers don't work indoors in the summer. They couldn't be pale. And why did Joey dress up like a farmer? Because he wasn't one. Escaped convicts are pale, have short hair, and seek a disguise. Uh, you know something, Craig? You're so smart, I'm beginning to worry. What about? Well, what kind of securities us criminals going to have if private eyes like you go around being smart all the time? The same kind of security you've always had. No security. Well, uh, just don't dwell on that there. I got something else to worry about. I gotta figure out a way to get hold of Dina before she scrams out of the country with a dough. But Brady, huh? Dina doesn't have the money.
afraid he had a little trouble with this. Even Jake began to look worried. As far as I was concerned, I hoped. Because I could turn out to be wrong, and being wrong in a case of this kind was only one short step before being dead. But you figured it all out yourself. Logically. That Dina was the one who knocked off Joey and took the dough. What you're forgetting, Brady, is that there can be more than one logical explanation for anything. Eh, uh, huh? He means just because something's logical don't prove it's true. Oh. And then, of course, logic can be twisted. As twisted as your mind, Brady. Ah, uh, you leave my mind out of this. It's got its own troubles. Uh, please explain. Well, Joey was a desperate man running from the police. He was also a man owning $30,000. He was finally a man in a hurry. So? How would Dina have persuaded a man in those circumstances to let her get close enough to him to stab him? Well, uh, maybe... There's no way. Well, somebody got close enough to him. Of course. Somebody who was armed with a weapon that was dangerous at a distance. A gun, say. Oh, so Dina... No, no. You yourself told us Dina never carried a gun. Joey's wife. Wouldn't have needed to take the chance of killing him on the road. She could have waited till she had him here. You know something? I said you were so bright I was beginning to get worried. I ain't beginning no more. I'm worried. So you admit you were the one who stabbed Joey and took the money? Yeah, sure. Dina scrammed just now because she was afraid you didn't intend to share the money with her. But instead would kill her the same way you'd kill Joey. Could be. She realized you'd hidden Joey's body to gain time for doing just that. That uh, won't do her much good. I know where she goes when she's scared. But before that... You can't shoot us. Why? Well, I don't know, frankly, but give me a little time and I'll think of something. Uh, too bad, Grandpa. I ain't giving you no time at all. Oh. oh, for a fellow who's just been shot, I feel fine. You weren't shot, Jake. Come on in, Miss Millie. I spotted her behind those drapes a long time ago. I was looking for her. The trouble with you, Jake, is that you spent so much time thinking about the farmer, you forgot about the farmer's daughter. It didn't quite end there, though. The police removed the debris, put out a pickup for Dina, and then... Barry. Yeah? I really am a farmer's daughter. I know. So? Yeah. How about some country-cooked ham? Hmm. Welcome back to Yesterday Today. We're in the woods of Vermont this week as we attempt to tap maple trees to make syrup. Results so far are not ideal. I can't understand it. I mean, I know it takes time for sap to drip into the bucket, but we didn't even get a drop. Maybe these trees are all used up. They ran out of sap. No, that's not how trees work, McLean. I don't think that's how trees work. Right there. Uh, what are you, what are you fellas doing out here? Oh, uh, hey there, Mister. Uh, we're just out enjoying the autumnal countryside here. Yeah, I see. Well, you're, uh, you're on my farm. Where, what are you doing with those buckets there? Oh, uh, I hope you don't mind. We just we're tapping maple trees for syrup. Yeah. <laughs> oh, that's a good one. A good one? What do you mean? Oh, you're serious. Y yeah, we, we were trying to get some syrup, uh, but so far the trees aren't cooperating. We didn't know they were yours, so I'm sorry about that. Oh, really now, really? 
Well, I, uh, I hate to break it to you boys, but it's gonna take you a while. What do you mean? How long does it take to tap a tree? Oh, well, usually about four to six weeks to get a bucket of sap, but it'll be longer than that for you two. Why's that? This tree tapping season isn't until February. <laughs> you fellas ain't gonna get a drop of sap for months. Wait, February? Looks like we might be a couple of saps ourselves. Yeah, looks like it. Uh, sometimes you can tap them in the fall, but it ain't cold enough yet for that. Gotta be below freezing at night and above freezing in the daytime before you can do that. Well, so much for authentic Vermont maple syrup then, I guess. Well, hold on now. I, I happen to have some homemade syrup myself, saved up from last season. I'll trade some of it to you fellas for those buckets of yours. Oh, really? Well, sure. I can always use an extra couple of sap buckets. Uh, follow me back to the house and we'll make the trade. Hey, all right. Much obliged. That'd be great. I mean, I, I suppose it's just as well. I, I don't think we could fit buckets full of sap in the car right now with all the souvenirs we've collected over the last few months. We got the we got the blanket and saddle we picked up in Amarillo, the 20 pounds of frozen alligator meat from Baton Rouge, and the lobster pots we got off that guy in Cape Cod. Not to mention that giant monster you have riding shotgun. Hey, you'll learn to love the moose head in time, McLean. Don't worry. Sure. I should name him. If you want more Yesterday Today, visit KISU.org or wherever you get your sap-tapping, fall-foliage-filled Green Mountain podcasts. Yep, and next week we're going to finally return home just in time for autumn. Wait, you mean we're skipping over all the other states we'll be driving through on the way home? No, we're not skipping them so much as doing a cannonball run straight through them. I mean... Well, with our car, maybe it's more of a cannonball limp. But the point is, the producer said we have to be back in the studio by the by the fall. You're telling me when our producer rented out our studio for the summer, he literally rented it out until the autumnal equinox? Hey, I don't know how renting and contracts and studios work. I'm just a host. I'm just the owner talent, you know? All right, farmhouse isn't too much farther. It's just past this cornfield up ahead. Pennies in a stream. A sycamore, moonlight in Vermont. Pennies, pennies on a stream. Falling, falling, falling leaves. A sycamore.